Good morning. How are we all doing? All right. Happy New Year. Um, if we've not met before, my name is Richard, um, and I get the privilege of um, helping us to look at what God has got to say to us um, at the start of a new year. It's always a privilege to, to speak at the start of a new year. People have come expecting some kind of what, what is, you know, what well, maybe you haven't, maybe. <laughs> maybe I'm kidding myself. Um, did, did you get the new year message? Yeah. Yes. Did anyone watch the new year message? Yeah, yeah one or two. Thanks for that. Um, we, we didn't film it on New Year's Day, I have to um, confess. We filmed it at the start of December. But thankfully, um, we still feel like the Lord is saying the same thing um, at the start of a new year. Um, so let's, let's get started by looking at the book of Philippians, um, chapter 3. If you've got Bible with you, that's going to be helpful. Um, or look it up on your phone, Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. If you don't get um, our text messages or emails with things like little videos that we've put together, did anyone enjoy the Christmas Day video? We enjoyed making that one. Um, we'll, we'll work on it for next year. We'll try and do something bigger and better. Um, could become a thing, couldn't it? Um, but if you don't get our, our text messages, videos, things like that, um, we'd love to be able to stay in contact with you. Um, you do have to sign up on My Church Suite and you have to give permission. Um, now the rules are you have to have actively given us permission. So we're not leaving you out. If other people are getting texts and emails and you're like, why don't I get them? Um, you have to sign up and say that. So if you don't know how to do that, see us at the help desk afterwards because we'd love to do that. Um, Philippians chapter 3 and from verse 7. Paul says this. He says, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. One thing we can say about Paul here is that he is focused. He's really focused. He's got a goal in mind. He's got a prize that he is running to win. There is an end goal for Paul. He wants to know Christ. He wants to know the power, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. He wants to know that same Holy Spirit living in him and through him. He wants to know the power of the resurrection and he even wants to participate in Christ's sufferings. 
He wants to participate in the, in the struggle, if you like, the opposition that took place between Christ's kingdom and the dominion of darkness in our world. He says, I'm up for that. I'm up for the fight. I'm up for being part of this conflict. I'm up for making a stand for the kingdom of God. I will participate in Christ's sufferings, even if it means that I have to die with him and in him, because I know that my hope is in a resurrection that is to come. I know my hope is in a kingdom that will one day come and fill the whole earth. And so Paul is focused. He says, this is what I want my life to count for. I want to know Jesus. I want to take part in his plan and purpose. I want my life to count for him. And then he says, he says, but of course I know that I haven't actually already obtained all of this. I'm not kidding myself that I've already ticked all the boxes and become entirely like Jesus and know all the power of God always running through me in, in totally unadulterated ways. That He says, no, I know I haven't obtained it yet, so I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be like beating myself up about the times when it hasn't been everything it should be. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to forget what is behind and I'm going to press on because I know I've got a goal. I know that God is still calling me heavenward. And and, and don't think for a moment, we know, don't we, from Paul's life, this is not Paul saying, so I'll just put my feet up and wait till I get to go to heaven. He's saying, no, 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 this heavenward call, it's not about waiting around until I die. This heavenward call, it's about knowing the power of the resurrection. It's about being part of what Jesus is doing in our world. He says, God is still calling me heavenward. I haven't obtained it all yet. We haven't been everything we should have been. We've got some things wrong along the way. We've made some mistakes. We've been disappointed. We've had our frustrations. But I tell you what, God is still calling me heavenward. God still has a plan and a purpose. God's call is still upon my life. So I'm going to forget what is behind. And I'm going to press on. Towards the goal. He's focused. And he's determined. And I believe the Holy Spirit would challenge us today. To have some of that same kind of focus and determination in our lives. As individuals and together as a church community. Famous verse in Proverbs 29 and verse 18 says in some of the older translations, where there is no vision, the people perish. Or if you have a slightly newer translation, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. They're just going anywhere, doing anything. They're all over the place because they haven't got a goal, because they haven't got a vision, because they haven't seen what God has shown them, what God is calling them towards. And so, of course, they're off doing anything and everything. But the people of God, we read in the New Testament, the early church, they were of one heart and one mind. They were focused. They knew what they were pursuing together. They'd heard the call of God over their lives. They'd heard God calling them to know him. They've heard God calling them to become like him. They've heard God commissioning and sending them to represent him. And they were determined They were focused. They were passionate. We need to know, my friends, my brothers and sisters, we need to know what we are pursuing. 
Otherwise, we're running aimlessly and pulling in different directions or doing our own thing or going about our own way. But that's not what God has called us to. He's called us to know him, to be known by him. He's called us to be transformed, to become like him. He's called us to make him famous. You know, I reckon up and down the country, there will probably be quite a few sermons about 2020 vision today. This year is a gift to all preachers. You know, I'm sure there's probably quite a few churches that have had like a long list of their goals for some time, 2020 vision. And, and the, the, the only challenge really with all this stuff about vision, because we know, don't we, 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 we started to understand that without vision the people perish. And my experience is everyone wants to know a vision for everything these days. It's like you can't have um, tea and coffee without what's the vision for the tea and coffee team or um, you know, you can't have, uh, we're, we're going to, I don't know, we're, we're going to clean the carpet. What's the vision? Uh, we've kind of got the hang of, you know, it's supposed to be vision for everything. The only, the only challenge I find is that sometimes, if we're not careful, we can turn vision statements into more like ambition. Kind of almost like aspirational targets. Almost, if we're not careful, how our church is going to be better than your church. Okay, so Vision 2020, we will double our membership and we will triple our income and we will um, upgrade the seating um, and I don't know, you know, we, we have these things sometimes and, and we're going to have this and we're going to have that and it can become, if you like, how we're going to be amazing. But that's not really our vision, is it? Our vision is Jesus. That's our vision. Our vision is amazing because our vision is Jesus. Um, we put it like this, don't we? We say, making Jesus famous. Now, sometimes we do get challenged on this because people will come up to us and say, well, don't you think he's already kind of famous? Um, <laughs> yes, granted. Um, probably is more famous than most people um, in our world. But we're saying we want, we want our lives to make Jesus known. We want all that is good and awesome and amazing about Jesus to be more known and more celebrated than it is at the moment because we live, because we exist. We want our existence as a community of people together to mean that in some kind of way, Jesus is a little bit more celebrated, a little bit more known well, hopefully a whole lot more celebrated and a whole lot more known than he, wouldn't have been, than he would have been if we weren't here. Let's think about that for a moment. Because why are we here if that's not true? Yeah? Why, why are we here as a church if it's not true? If, if, it's, if we look at ourselves in sober judgment and we say, actually, if we packed up now and we all just went away and, and, and didn't exist together as a church community, Jesus would be no less known and no less celebrated and people would love him no less, then what's the point? Why are we here? Our vision is to make Jesus famous. And if you've been around for a while, you know that we've got a little bit of a kind of strategy for how we want to do that by being loved, lovers, loving others. 
that we want to know who we are in God. We want to know our identity. We want to know that everything starts with his love for us. And that as a response to his love for us, we have fallen madly and passionately in love with him. That our worship, that our generosity, that everything we do, the way we live holy lives that are pleasing and acceptable to him, it's all an act of worship to him in response to his love for us. And that from that place, we love one another. And we love the world around us. We love the lost with the passion and with the humility and service with which Jesus himself loves the lost around us. So we have a fantastic vision. It's a great vision. It's a vision that we're not, we're not trying to say that's us more than any other church. We, we completely recognize that actually pretty much every church around the world is probably trying to do this. Yeah, that, that's our goal as the church of Jesus Christ. So we have a great vision. But the thing about 2020 vision is that apparently 2020 vision is, well, obviously, it's not about what you see. It's about how, how clearly you see it. It's about your ability to maintain sharp and clear vision. Now, apparently, I looked this up, 2020 vision refers to what you can see at 20 feet compared to what other people can see at 20 feet. So if you have 20-20 vision, you can see at 20 feet what a normal person can see at 20 feet. If you have 20-100 vision, you can see at 20 feet what someone else can see at 100 feet, which is not good. Okay? So apparently that's, that's what it means. So it's all about your ability to focus. Yeah? It's not about what you see. It's not about what is our vision for 2020. Okay? It's about how clearly and how sharply are you able to maintain a focus on what we have seen together. So, have you ever been to the optician and had those weird glasses on your face? Yeah, you know the ones where they put these glasses on you and then they like say, is it clearer with this or is it clearer without? Yeah? Sometimes they have a little twisty thing and they go this way or that way. And and it's a bit of a pressure, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I'm like, I've forgotten. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Can we do it again? Um, but, but they do this, and they, and, and they put all these different things, and you feel a bit daft because you've got this massive thing on your face. Um, now, what they're trying to do is they're trying to work out what lens you need in order to maintain a sharp, clear focus. And what we're going to do this morning is suggest two lenses that we can use to maintain a sharp, clear focus throughout 2020 as a church community together. So the first of them is this, discipleship. Discipleship is all about following Jesus and becoming like him. Yeah, it's profound this morning, isn't it? Discipleship, it's about following Jesus and becoming like him. The second lens is this, mission. It's about knowing that Jesus has sent us into the world in the same way that he was sent into our world. If we could use these two lenses, and if we could frame, if you like, everything that we do, everything that we pursue together as a church this year through those lenses, I believe it will help us to maintain our focus on what we're really here for, to make Jesus famous by being loved lovers, loving others. 
You see, it's easy to get distracted, isn't it? It's easy for things to come up in our lives, important things. Important things like, I don't know, um, going off to university, applications, um, picking the right course, or maybe it's finishing a time at university and working about out what to do next and where to go next. Or maybe it's a, a career change, your sense that your time in a particular role has come to an end. Or, or maybe it's frustrations at work, maybe you're going through difficult times, or maybe there's an unexpected illness in your family, or there's an unexpected financial hardship. All kinds of things can happen in our lives. And those things can become a pressure to us, they can distract us, and they can understandably demand our attention. And that's why it's important for us to regularly come back to, but what's my framework? What are the lenses through which I'm seeing everything else? As I seek to discern what God is showing me, what God is saying to me, how I should respond to these things that are going on in my life, what are the lenses through which I will see everything else? Discipleship and mission. He calls us that we might know him. He calls us that we might relate with him. He calls us that as you get to know him and as you relate with him, as you spend time with him, you will start to become more and more like him. You will start to change. You will, I promise you, you cannot spend repeated, prolonged time with Jesus and not change. I know it sounds so simple, doesn't it? But really, it is. I mean, it's hard. It requires discipline. It requires effort and determination. But it's simple. We have to spend time with him. We have to be committed to understanding what he's saying to us, to spending time in his presence, to praying, to reading his word, that we would follow him with all of our hearts. Again and again and again, as you read your New Testament, what did Jesus call people to do? To follow him. And following him looked like spending time with him. Following him looked like being involved in what he was doing. It looked like talking and listening to what he was saying. To learning from him constantly. A determination, Jesus, you will be my teacher. You will be my guide. Everything I decide, everything I pursue will, will be through that lens of wanting to follow you. Wanting to be more like you, to become like you. That my goal this year would that I would be more like Jesus on the 31st of December 2020 than I was on the 1st of January. That that would matter to me more than anything else. Oh God, that I would be more like you at the end of this year. That I would forget what is behind and I would press on towards the goal. I want to be more like you, Lord Jesus. And mission. See, this is the one that we, we struggle with. We so often turn mission into that extra thing that we know we ought to do, and one day we will do if we get enough time. But you see, mission is not just once a year doing some evangelistic event that someone talked you into and you really didn't want to do anyway and you were scared and, and you did it. And no, Mission is a lifestyle. Mission is every moment of our lives. 
Every moment living in your community, in your street, in your neighborhood. Every moment that you're at work in that workplace which God has sent you into. Every moment you're part of that family, including those that don't know him, that God chose that you would be born into. Every moment that you spend in this world that he sent you into is a moment of mission. That we would say, God, I want my life to have counted towards your mission in this world by the end of this year. Discipleship and mission, two lenses through which we can see everything else and maintain a sharpness and clarity of vision this year. So how can we do that? Well, one of the things we're going to do together as a community is we're going to give ourselves in the first six months to going through John's Gospel together. So all of our preaching each week will be from a chapter of John's Gospel. And it will be, this is really profound, it will be John 1 the first week. And then it's going to be John 2. <clears throat> then after that, it's going to be John 3. I think you get the idea, right? So one of the things that would be great, we would love to really, really encourage, is for us to be reading through John together as a community. Now, that's not a big ask, is it? You've got to read one chapter of the Bible a week, okay? So you feel free to do other Bible reading as well as, as John. Or feel free to read that same chapter of John every day of the week um, throughout that week. Um, or feel free to read through the chapter, but then just to spend some time on a, on a few verses and see how the Holy Spirit would speak to you. But wouldn't it be amazing if we each came each week having already heard from God through that chapter of John that week? And you can see how this can really bless us, because then when we have our prayer meetings together, people will be saying, oh, I read this in, in John, whatever it was that week, um, and, and God spoke to me through this. And when we come together in our connect groups, people will be saying, oh, God really spoke to me through that, and we'll all be reading together. Now, John's gospel has loads to say about discipleship and mission. John's gospel is absolutely full of people coming into union, relationship with God through Jesus Christ and becoming more like him as a result of living in relationship with him. And there's a massive emphasis on the work of the Holy Spirit in us becoming more at one in our relationship with God and being transformed to be more like him. And of course, there's absolutely loads in John's gospel about Jesus being sent into our world and him sending us in the same way that he was sent. So you will see discipleship and mission all the time. And now that I've said that, I'm hoping that you'll see it all the more. That you'll have your special optician's glasses on as you're reading um, the book of John with discipleship in one eye and mission in the other. And that you will see and that we will be transformed together as we read through John's gospel. Okay, so that's um, the first thing. Secondly, as a leadership we want to commit as a leadership in the church that we will seek to, to see everything we're doing through those lenses of discipleship and mission this year. And, and so I want to encourage you to pray for us in that, to encourage us in that, to ask us if we're doing things, if we're talking about things, if you feel like we've lost a focus on discipleship or mission, this is us being accountable and saying to you, this is our determination that we would lead this community together with a clear focus on discipleship and mission. 
So one of the things I kind of just threw out to some of our leaders a while ago, and it's really stuck with me and challenged me, was I said, well, if it doesn't contribute towards discipleship or mission, stop doing it. Yeah? That if it doesn't contribute, if it, if it doesn't in some way help us to follow Jesus more nearly, to be transformed into his image, or if it doesn't help us in our mission, then why are we doing it? Let's stay focused on discipleship and mission. So we're going to look at all the things we're doing together as a community, the way we're moving forward as a community, and say, how can we give ourselves more to discipleship and mission? So please do be praying for us in that. And then lastly, all of us. Every single one of us who counts themselves to be part of King's Church. And if you're visiting us today, I dare say that this wouldn't be entirely out of place in your church community either. Um, How are you in your life giving yourself to discipleship and mission? Where are you at at the moment? How much discipleship, how much are you giving yourself to spending time following him and becoming more like him? What more can you do to be a faithful follower of Jesus? What are you going to do this year? What practices are you going to put in place? How are you going to organize your life? What, what's the Holy Spirit challenging you as an individual to do? To give yourself to discipleship and to mission. How can you grow? How do you want to grow? What's your heart's desire? Before God, you and him talking about discipleship and mission and how you want to grow this year. Your family. Think about your family. Now that might be, you know, some kind of nuclear family arrangement, um, but it might be any kind of permutation, any kind of variation on that. You know, I'm talking about maybe the people that you live with or the, the regular kind of core group of people that you're a part of. How will, how will you, how will you give yourselves to discipleship mission? How will you encourage one another in discipleship and mission? How will you make sure that you do actually grow in discipleship and mission this year? Or are you going to leave it to chance? Are you just going to hope that by turning up at church on a Sunday, maybe, maybe not? Or are you going to forget what is behind? And are you going to press on to lay hold of a goal, to win a prize for which Christ has called you heavenward. So the third area then for you, your own life, your family, but also your church. Not not them in their church, but you in your church. How are you going to make sure? How are you going to pray? How are you going to pursue? How are you going to participate to make sure that your church is giving itself to discipleship and mission this year. Two simple words, but two very powerful things that God has called us to give ourselves to. And I offer them to us this morning just as lenses that will help us to maintain a sharp focus on what God has called us to this year. So God bless you. Have an absolutely amazing 2020. It's going to be fantastic. And we're committed to going after this together, that at the end of this year, we could say that King's Church truly has grown in a significant way in both discipleship and mission this year. Amen.